Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're a shrewd shopper, it's about to be your favorite time of the year. HyperX will be running massive sales for the holiday season. Get up to 50% off some of our most popular products, like the Ultra Comfy Cloud 2 headset, the tough, responsive Alloy Origins mechanical keyboard, and the fan-favorite Quadcast USB microphone. Sales will be going on at all major e-tailers, but be sure to head to HyperX.com and sign up for the newsletter to get the scoop on the biggest deals. Happy Holidays from HyperX. Chat of the Wild, and this season we're playing through The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. In our last episode, we made it to a big, sandy, dried-out ocean that we were able to use the power of magic crystals to make wet again. That's, this, that's <laughs> what's happening in this video game. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast... Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the last episode of Chat of the Wild, you? actually. <laughs> We've done it, guys. We made it. Uh, we we met a robot friend, and uh, he was helping us find his boat that he believed mm. had the flame that we are looking for. And we went to a couple places. Turns out they were wrong. We went, checked out his house first, and then yeah. got sad. Found out his yeah. Found out his buddies uh, might be somewhere else. His friends are all dead, and he knows he's dead too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Such a weird existence. Uh, but so, the last place to check out was the pirate stronghold. And so we are No, not that one. Uh well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Not the not the first pirate stronghold we've dealt with here. Um we we get up to this thing and it's, it, we're we're looking face to face with Peak from Attack on Titan, which is just weird for me. Uh, <laughs> and we have to like sneak into the side so it's just there's this giant long i don't know alligator looking mouth skull mm-hmm. thing that that we're uh, leviathan maybe with. yeah something like that and we have um, to... there's a i mean we we've seen stuff like this before in dodongo's cavern or like even earlier in this game in the dungeon we had that like I don't know, was it a dragon face or something that ate the boulder that we pushed at it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're we're no stranger to giant skulls. It's, that's been a common thing in the in this series. And creepy, um, toothy smile faces. <laughs> yes. So we, we get into here, and this is like uh, its own dungeon on its own, right? Like we go through here, yeah. and um, there's a crystal that we have to find that does time stuff. And this was the stuff that I was really remembering when I was first talking about the crystal in the, the sand mm-hmm. ocean that we did, that we said earlier. 
And yeah. this, this was one is we're moving it around kind of like the boat, but this is the first time we've been able to pick one up and transport it with us, really. Yeah, this was the RE Secret of Seasons thing for sure. Uh, I yeah. guarantee you they were inspired by this part here mm-hmm. for a lot of the stuff because it is very similar a, in the way that it works. Did a much better job. Um, Definitely did a I, much better job. This I, is just, I, I don't know, man. You just did th- this whole thing, especially when I when they call it a pirate stronghold and I'm thinking of of the Majora's Mask one, which is... I sometimes get annoyed when I get to that part of the game, but then I'm also like, you're dropped into a, a space, and it's just like, I don't know, you gotta get a hook shot, but whatever, go for it. And this was like, pick up the rock, put it down to kill some bad guys from time to time, but then pick it back up again and get moving. Okay. Go that way. If we are ranking pirate strongholds, yes, this is fairly low. Because if we're mm. talking, if we're talking Wind Waker, and we're talking Majora's Mask, mm-hmm. or we're talking mm. which one? Either Ages or Seasons. Didn't they have a pirate stronghold in there? There's um, a Thieves uh, stronghold, which is a pretty sweet dungeon in uh, Link to the Past. Yeah, I mean, quick quick ranking. I would say probably Wind Waker is number one for me, uh, and then probably Majora's Mask number two on there. Um, but That's this a good one, dungeon, yes, that Link to the Past dungeon's pretty good. We're really not doing anything special with pirates in here we are doing some cool stuff with time things though we get this time Mm -hmm. crystal and we do have to manipulate stuff as we're going through here there are for whatever reason like barbed wires that grow over uh certain doors that Mm -hmm. we use the crystal to they don't exist in the past so we can use the crystal. time barbed wire (laughs) has appeared in the in the eon since but but when it is functional in the past some doors have active electricity barriers. Yeah. And so that's your two, the two flip sides of the coin. But yeah, in general, I, I enjoyed this section. It's just cool to have, if this was the, the dungeon that we were doing, I'd be okay with that too. Uh, maybe something a little bit longer for it, but, and, you know, throwing a mini boss, throwing a big boss at the end or something like that. But uh, outside of it being called, quote unquote pirate and we don't really deal with anything new other than more bacoblins that we we not come really across, we come across electric bacoblins in this um in, in yeah. the past there but they're not and, even and, and, they're not even pirates <laughs> no it's the same guys but i'm throwing uh i was i was doing a lot of nudging the sphere just enough and then hacking dudes up and knocking them out of the circle one of the times uh, I picked the sphere up, like, oh, I have to go, I have to hit him like one more time. But as soon as I got him back into the sphere, uh, he exploded into a heart. <laughs> like, oh, <cool>. <laughs> <laughs> what <Amazing>. existence! <laughs> oh, that poor guy. Uh, yeah, I, I, go ahead. I was a little bit bummed that you couldn't roll the little time capsule thing <laughs> yeah uh, you tried they it would act- just it would just like flip over once and that was it yeah i i had this great plan to get around enemies by rolling the crystal past them so that it would yes yeah so that they could or that they couldn't get to me and i could just shoot them from a distance but mm-hmm. it just thonks on the ground immediately yeah it, they give you the same controls as the bomb where you can throw it or roll it but it does nothing because it's heavy 
And it and it really is like I was thinking of all these cool, clever things I wanted to do with the enemies. And honestly, you can just run run past everything. You can run past it's, most of them. Yeah. Because it takes them a second to to snap in to time. And then it takes them a second they have to then act like they would if they had just seen you normally, like if you'd encountered them normally in the world. And that takes another second. By the time they figure out you're there, you're you're passing this the sphere isn't very large. So like I stopped and killed all of them, but knew that there was no reason for me to do so other than I wanted to make this more fun than it really was. Sure. Sure. I get that. Um, yeah, there's, there's a couple, I, I liked this generally because I think, uh, the concepts are fun. And while they didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily like execute on them in a way that was like creative, I wasn't doing anything too laborious that made me like not enjoy the like playing the game. So that combination, I was like, I'm having fun with this. It's not the best. It's not a, yeah. you know the best part, and that that's fine though. I'm fine. It's not with a ro- that. I'm not hitting a roadblock. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um. There were there were some cool parts where we get down to this like one area below it that it, it's uh when we bring the stone in it causes these like s- these stone formations to come out of the ground that we then mm-hmm. like circle back around and hop on. The, I I thought the shape was a little like okay that's really convenient in a way that's like uh-huh. really <laughs> um just the way the platforms just did like a U shape back to where you need to go. Well, they chiseled them, you know. So that it, <laughs> sure. it was that it worked like that. Yeah, I did like that though. Uh Tegan, how'd you feel about this little mini dungeon? It's all right. It feels yeah. very much like a like this should be more of a tutorial dungeon than it is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like yeah. the implications of what we've learned traversing this smaller area should have wider reaching consequences. Yeah. And they right. it really doesn't. And that's kind of disappointing. Other than like serving as a like a, a refresher for mm-hmm. what you did last time you were dealing with time crystals, like oh, just a reminder, this does different stuff, whether or not it's active or not. Mm-hmm. And right. also like this one's super portable, but also it's heavy. And even though we gave you the bomb controls, it doesn't work like that. Like I don't know, <laughs> <This> <laughs> so weird. I feel like this should be so okay. Just just skip ahead for a second. The dungeon that we're going to be playing in this episode has a time crystal in it, but it's stationary and mm-hmm. it stays in one spot mm-hmm. the whole time. I feel like it should have been flipped, right? Right. Where the big dungeon yeah. should be us manipulating a time crystal like throughout different things. Where like the beginning of this should have been, we have a bunch of different time crystals in different spots, like what we did the first time we got into the uh, desert right. area. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we're going through the mines, like that. This is largely the same kind of thing, except we can carry a thing with us, which mm-hmm. isn't as beneficial as you might think. Right. It doesn't inform what's coming after it, really. And with like the dungeon in particular that we're going to be. Uh, traversing, it makes, I think, more sense for that to have a a piece like this that we should be running around in the hallways with as opposed to just, like, mm-hmm. one stationary item. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, we we go through, we circle around on this here, and it is a uh, circle. Yeah. So let's see. Correct it, me it, if I'm we wrong. We just hit a loop. Um, we get back to the room. We put it in the pedestal and go, <laughs> and it's over. Yeah, and that well, that powers up this section here. Um, that just opens a door. We circle back around. We yeah. don't get anything here, right? Other than like knowledge. Yeah, just other than like. Uh, th- well, yeah, other than this is where we get a way to track the ship. Yep. Yeah. We, I forget what we're told because like Fee pops out and it's like, oh, hey, because you did that, I know this, but like, yes. for whatever reason, I wasn't paying attention to Fee. And... I think there's like wrecked, uh, like there's pieces of like mass yes. and stuff. Like there's wrecked ship parts that are there. And they're like, oh, this like, can probably belong to that boat. We I've can I've gotten use the stench this. of pirate now. Right, that's all she needed. Like, I feel like that's what she got more than anything else. Is she was like, okay, I have I can smell them now and I can get my smell of vision out. <laughs> right, yeah, and now we can you point can douse it. it because I didn't know what this pirate ship was before. Despite very right. much feeling like I'm a computer person and I should have been able to download it from our little Captain Robot <sighs> friend. You would think. Uh, but yeah, she can douse for that now. And what we have to do is we have to find an invisible ship, not quite a ghost Did- ship, but like literally a ship using invisible technology to camouflage itself. Yeah. Cause even with, you know, you've got your time crystal on, you, you can't see it. It's still just floating around. Um, yeah. do they tell you that it's, do they tell, do they tell us that we're going after a moving object? Because I had to figure it out. I assumed it moved. But I don't know if it... Does it start moving immediately, or does it only move once you get close to it? Because I I did what I always do, which is I hopped in the boat, I got my douse rod out, and I pointed it to where it was, hit pause, and went, okay, it's over there somewhere. And then I put it over there, and it had moved, and I was like, what's... Wait, where am I? And it took a, a few more of that because I didn't want to just drive around with my douse rod out going, where are you? Oh, it's this way. Like, I didn't want to just walk around in, in first person mode. Well, dousing. then you should have you should have just boated around firing bombs everywhere. That would have been a lot more Apparently. entertaining. Uh, I did a mix think... of both. <laughs> like, <laughs> driving with the douse open until I was like, this is garbage. And then just shooting randomly at the horizon. Yeah. Shooting randomly on the horizon, I think, is kind of the way to go on this one. Um, But I don't think they actually, like, from a game perspective, I don't think they put the boat in the water until after you finish this area. So, like, there is... Oh, yeah. Absolutely not. There's, like, a zero-sum chance that you would have figured out that there was a boat here at all before you did that dungeon, which I feel like is a missed opportunity. If there was a big, evil, invisible boat stalking me the entire time i was on in, in the water beforehand i feel like that retaliating made, maybe? yeah that would have made this more exciting <laughs> you know it's like now we can know, find the boat and actually do something about it you know it would have it had the same feeling that like the ghost ship and yeah. Waker that can sometimes I was show up that. had yeah but but um, other than don't get one... me wrong i i did like the moment i realized i was hunting down a, a moving vessel and i was like oh cool all right 
but I just, I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea. But we do hit it a couple times, and it becomes visible again. And this was this is apparently three Skipper three times. Uh, this is apparently Skipper's ship, and so like we we've been looking for this this whole time, and he's just like, "Yep, that's my boat." And I'm I'm just like, "Really?" I thought they said that your was boat. it. <laughs> um, no, I mean, no. He said that the, this, right. This is his boat. This is yeah, his, this boat. Okay. his boat. Yeah, yeah. His crew's on it and everything. So. Right. Yeah, they're in the brig, but yeah. Um, sure to we wish go you could maybe yeah. help my friends in my boat. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, he, up when here. he first tells us about it, he tells us we're going to have to go find them on the bottom of the ocean because they're in a boat that sank or something like that. Like, I know where the treasure is, but it sank or something. Well, no, I mean, we're, we're, we were chasing down his boat this whole time. Like, right. He thought... we, I thought we were looking for the location of the shipwreck. No, because at first we were going to the one, we were going to the boatyard, and we were trying mm-hmm. to get in the one garage that would have had, that a boat would have been sitting in. And yeah, okay. so, like, yeah, what we were chasing down was an active boat. Um, I, the, the thing, <laughs> an I think, active I think, boat <laughs> as opposed to a passive boat. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, I, I think Fi's whole unlocking the dowsing is what throws it all off. Like, mm-hmm. she. The fact that we had to find yeah. a sunken ship. Yes, absolutely. For her to be like. Because I went to this section we first. Find... And it was like, yeah. you can't do anything here. Right. Yeah. It... It's just a bad context sensitive part. And that, like, this is where, when we were playing back through these Zelda games, you know, we st- the whole reason we started doing this was because Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild lets you do anything, right? All the other Zelda games we've played since then is like. You have to talk to this person first before this door inexplicably unlocks. Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. we have to go in this circle and then someone says, okay, you went in the circle. Now this thing is going to appear that as the the lore goes, it's been here this whole time. But you can't interact with it Mm -hmm. until you've ran in a circle. Until you can smell it. (laughs) So, yeah, this this is one of the worst parts of Zelda. Like in terms of the the adventuring parts, that it's all just too scripted. But that's where we're at. Um, mm. We climb up on here. We're on the sand ship. This is our dungeon here, and so we're gonna take a quick break. When we get back, we're gonna explore this this passive ship. Hey, Lassie, what are you doing here? Timmy's in a well. Sequelcast Two and Friends is a podcast looking at movies in a franchise, one film at a time, like. Harry Potter, Hellraiser, and The Hobbit, and sometimes the hosts talk about video games and TV as well, and now it's part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Oh, Lassie, we don't need to rescue Timmy. He likes the well well enough, I guess. Darth Vader is Luke's father. Lassie, I told you to lay off the spoilers. If you're a fruit shopper, it's about to be your favorite time of the year. Hyperx will be running massive sales for the holiday season. Get up to 50% off some of our most popular products like the Ultra Comfy Cloud 2 headset, the Tough Responsive LA Origins Mechanical Keyboard, and the Fan Favorite Quadcast USB Microphone. Sales will be going on at all major retailers, but be sure to head to HyperX.com and sign up for the newsletter to get the scoop on the biggest deals. Happy holidays from HyperX. 
Come on in, take a seat. What are you having? Well, of course I've heard of Hair of the Dogcast. That's the podcast that talks about video games and beer. For all of the latest gaming headlines, craft beer reviews, retro games, modern games, series retrospectives, console studies, and on occasion, extremely hungover discussions on the lore of Kingdom Hearts, make sure to check out Hair of the Dogcast, part of the HyperX Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. My name's Tegan Somerset. I'm Rocky Hardy. And I'm Brian Cartwright. And we are Impossible Coin, a podcast about video games. Join us every other week as we discuss gaming news. Did you know he tried to smuggle $100,000 across the Canadian border? Genre differences. Sometimes it's your turn to press the button, and sometimes it's your turn to block. And deep lore. I have spent so long on this, Brian, you can't do this to me. We will sell you nothing and solve none of your problems, but we sure are fun. Impossible Coin. A podcast about video games. See you on Thursdays. Thursdays. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's time to talk about Patreon. We haven't talked about Patreon in a long time. If you go to, to patreon.com slash chat of the wild, you can support us just like Cage did. Uh, Cage. They went on there. They, they gave us some money. And they get this little form to talk about their favorite things about Zelda, and we talk about it. For Cage, we asked them, what is your favorite Zelda game and why? And they said, Twilight Princess. In my opinion, it has the best dungeons, story, and music in the entire series. I also have a very, I also have very fond memories of playing it for the first time after finally tracking down a Wii when it was near impossible to get. Ooh, I absolutely see, remember those times. Yeah, getting getting a Wii uh, was way harder than getting a copy of Twilight Princess because they, they put those out there for sure. It did take me a little while to get a copy of Twilight Princess, though. Maybe like a month afterward, I finally was able to snag one. But uh, I had a Wii at that point. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's been documented. I was, you know, midnight release with Wii, standing in line, getting mm-hmm. that Twilight Princess, getting that Ella Bits, getting that Wii Sports, um, getting that Red getting Steel. That red steel. Yeah. Yes. And returning Red Steel the next day, so that I got was great. a little. I got but, a little more mileage out of that game. I did not. I, I did not play the story very much, but there was some weird split screen co op going on. But Twilight Princess is a good game that tastes like beef ramen. Tegan, <laughs> thoughts on Twilight Princess? Twilight Princess oh. uh, has one of the most beautiful stories of mm. all of the Zelda games. That This is really like a turning point in the Zelda series where they focus a little bit more on like the narrative like implementations of what these characters are and what they mm-hmm. do and who they're supposed to represent in the story overall. And you really see that in Twilight Princess. It's very good. A I completely uh, different Zelda too and one that works mm-hmm. very well for the story they're telling. Yeah, exactly. This is the first Zelda who doesn't just isn't just a princess. She's also like very obviously a military leader mm-hmm. in the world, which is not something that the other Zeldas have been up until this point. Mm-hmm. They've right. all been exclusively princess in pink dress. Now I get kidnapped. Heyo, bye. Um, and you see Zelda <laughs> with a sword, ready to defend her kingdom up to and into the throne room. Yeah. Well, um, also, the, the the twist they did with her is that she wasn't kidnapped. She willingly sacrificed herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple times. Big, big difference there. Um, yeah, I think my, my only complaint about Twilight Princess was ever that it was like, well, not ever. It was well, not my only. But my biggest complaint about Twilight Princess was just that it was kind of ugly. Like, 
compared to the other Zelda games. Love the story. Love the music. Love the dungeons. Love the items. All that stuff. Fantastic. They tried to put a, too much on the Wii, though, and the GameCube. We should come up with a term uh, for a combination of uh, uh, edgy and ugly. I can't think of a good portmanteau, so we need a term. Mid-2000s. <laughs> yeah. The main problem visually with um, Zelda Twilight Princess was the overuse of bloom in Twilight. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. that just made it really hard to see. Yeah. You know? Let's not crap too much on this game during their, yes. their shout out. Well, it was during also, it was also the bridge. Keep the good stuff in there. It was the first big bridge game between GameCube and Wii hardware. There were like, some big bridges in Twilight Princess, you're right. There are a lot of them. There were some huge bridges. Um, <laughs> but like the fact that they made a game that ran beautifully on both systems, despite the limitations of some of the hardware, very good, honestly. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, Cage, for their favorite Zelda item, they said the Rock's Feather. Very, yeah, very yeah. good one. <laughs> Do you every time rocks I, feather. Every time I use it, I feel like I'm doing something illegal, and it rules. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're in, like, the, the dungeon 2D segments, and then there's, like, mm-hmm. Mario enemies there, too, and you can hop on them like Mario enemies, and you're just like, this doesn't... This is This is awesome. Why am I doing this? <laughs> right. And they say uh, using it with the Pegasus Boots and Link's Awakening is one of the most fun things you can do in a Zelda game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a speed booster from Metroid Prime, or Metroid Prime, uh, Super Metroid. Almost. You got the, yes. the run and the jump. Well, and then in the Oracle games, they gave you the cape, right? Or did the they have the cape in Link's in Awakening? Seasons. Seasons gives us the cape. Okay. Yeah. And then... In Minish Cap, they make the cape like Minish God Cap, tier. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yes, and that just does sort of the combination of being able to let you just jump from one end of the mm-hmm. screen to the other, and that's, yeah. that's fantastic. Um, do you have a favorite Zelda? Like they say, not sure if it counts, but I love the Binding of Isaac. I think it it doesn't count as a Zelda like, but it's very Zelda inspired because it just is an overhead like dungeon mm-hmm. Zelda game, right? It, it doesn't actually have the adventure part of it. It is it's closer just to action. Zelda one than anything, but yeah, yes. it's it's just takes a lot. It's heavily influenced by it. I think in mm. some ways. Uh, they say I was originally sold on the game in like 2011 or something when I heard it was heavily inspired by 2D Zelda games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, I've put well over a thousand hours into it across various platforms. Man. I hear that a lot with people yes. that love that game. It is an endless game. Yeah. Uh, and it's one I tried when it first came out and I liked it. And then eventually I just got tired of it. And since then they've added so many more things and done There's all this stuff and I just haven't gone back to it but tons I'd of like ways to. to customize that game it's really cool uh, I think I I think I beat mom once and was like cool wait there's more right yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you Cage for supporting the show and if Absolutely. you would like to get a shout out if you would like to get a shout out as well you, like I said you can go to patreon.com slash chat of the wild donate you get ad-free versions of the show. 
you get uh, early if you do on certain tiers. You also get our side quest, a monthly show that we do where we talk about games other than the Zelda games and the Zelda likes that we play for this show. So if any of that sounds good to you, go to patreon.com slash the wild and donate as little as a dollar a month and you really help out the show and we really, really appreciate it. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Thank you. Bye. So we're back, and I said it was a passive ship because, again, uh, it was not doing anything, right? It was just sort of floating around invisibly as well. Would that mm-hmm. be fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a Roomba. It just keeps going whether or not you're home. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's on a timer. Um, now that we have that cleared and then we up, hit we hit it can three times. And so it had to park in its dock. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, its little Roomba dock <laughs> on the it wall. Had, it had to go home and empty its dustbin or whatever. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're in the dungeon now, officially. Um, I love this dungeon. I hate this dungeon. I hate oh, this dungeon man. so much. <laughs> it was fine. This is the worst dungeon of every Zelda game. I hate it so much. <laughs> every Zelda Ooh, game. Every Zelda wow. game. This is my least favorite dungeon. You can the keep your water I... temples. This is the worst one. The the longer I went through here, I kept I kept going like, when am I gonna get to the part that like Tegan just hates? Because you you have you have hinted that that this is the week for you. Yeah, uh, this is the and one. I hate and, this dungeon. And I just I kept going, and I'm just like, eh, I don't know. Just I mean, it's it not... wasn't great. It wasn't awful. This yeah, dungeon. I loved it. I loved it. Mm. This dungeon looks the same to me. Every single ha- time I get in that hallway, I get turned around yeah. and I don't know how. It took me 40 minutes to get to the boss battle after I'd done the rest of the dungeon. Because I was just like, I go in this door and then I go up these stairs oh, and then I'm in the I... same hallway. <laughs> Whoa. I am not I... kidding. <laughs> Did you Jeez. find the um. map? <laughs> yeah, I found the map. That was the worst part is I'm looking at, I'll look at the map and then I do the thing. And then I, finally I was like, okay, hang on. And I pulled out my game guide, right? My physical copy from when I first oh. got the game and I opened up the map. <laughs> so I had it and I was like, okay, I have to go here. I have to do this. I have to go down this hallway. And I was just like, why can't I just teleport to the entrance of this dang dungeon and then climb to the boss room? <laughs> Not being able to visually differentiate the rooms would be tough because basically this dungeon is go into each room yep. in past and present. Yep. And if you do that, you should have, you know, each thing unlocked or something. Go into every room, interact with this thing, leave this room, go back in time, go back in this room, interact Not with necessarily. this thing. Like... Not necessarily like you that. You were describing but... The Legend of Zelda, too. Right, yeah, I know. But, like, <laughs> but this one was exceptionally bad because everything just looks the same to me. And so I got lost. And I was just, like, you it, on my stream, you can hear that. me getting more and more frustrated as I continue to walk <laughs> into the wrong room that uh... I literally just exited because I got turned around in the hallway. <laughs> I can't help I, you with I that. I could see that. No, it I was did. just I, I, bad. I, have we confirmed that Tegan isn't playing like 
some sort of cursed copy of the game <laughs> that's just like a Twilight Zone version. Twilight Realm. Oh no, version. this is the copy with Ben in it. Like, God. <laughs> See, for me, this dungeon was if you took all of the dungeons from Ocarina, mm-hmm. fed it to an AI, this was the dungeon it would make. Mm hmm. And for me, I loved that. Like, it felt like a throwback dungeon to me in so many different ways. Uh, Just like the way the levels were laid out and the way it was like teaching you things just reminded me of the like the Ocarina formula Mm -hmm. in a way. Mm. And I just I really enjoyed it. And also, I loved this mid boss. Like, like I have complained multiple times about when you have to just do a sword fighting like against a single character something about this one changes drastically and i don't know what it is but i just felt good i felt challenged Mm -hmm. and i loved it okay i thought the mid boss was cool but i just rolled this dude so hard it was just i cheesed him real good oh i did not (laughs) i hit him this mid boss also i used i had to use two fairies on him um and almost broke my shield, mm. but this, like mm. I loved it. This entire Zelda dungeon is a a nightmare for me. I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate everything about I, it. I I thought it, I thought it started out strong, and I and I was liking where it was gonna go, and then it just really didn't like. I, I don't know. It didn't get better from from where I thought I I saw it go because I, I I had to get my bearings at first to try and figure out what where am I what does it mm-hmm. want where do I need to go uh, I'm going through all the door all these doors checking all these things eventually you have to get down to the bottom of the ship first before you're able to like activate the crystal mm-hmm. um well, and I okay, and I let's, liked let's... all of that but but eventually you, you climb up on the mat like. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go. Okay, so we get into the dungeon, and the we we can't do anything with it uh, in terms of time yet. We get in here, and we go through some things. We have to go to the very bottom of the boat to get a key that we then can come back to, like, the, the entrance of the boat, and that's where the locked door is. You mm-hmm. go into there, and that's where we find the captain. And that's where we have yes. this this one on one battle. I I think what I love about this is that it's it's a very simple setup where he is on the what do you what do you call that the the front of the boat that's like a long. The, the, I haven't like played Sea of Thieves in so long. Maybe what well, it, it's a, it's a very long plank sticking out from the front of the boat, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, we just make it's him walk the plank to... essentially. Well, that's off the side almost. Like the the essentially, like yeah, this is where you, you used to sit when you played Sea of Thieves on the very very tippy top of the front of the boat where you're just about to fall into the ocean and then you pull out an accordion. And mm-hmm. the idea is that he's at the very <laughs> end and he sees you and he comes running at you. And ideally, you want to car- you want to be running at him because this is a battle of you save yourself ground. Some, some rooms. Yes. Yeah. And the way it works is you are, you and him are just trading blows back and forth. And if you can time your shield just right, you can parry him and that can stun him. Um, mm-hmm. But he can also... It's fencing with a shield and a guy yeah. with a hook hand. Yeah, it's exactly. Fencing, that's the best way to put it. Yeah, because it, it definitely is. It, it has similar rules to fencing as well. Um, of just you staying in a straight line with each other, right? Like you just move, you, mm-hmm. you're... you're 
doing it that way. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. about gaining, gaining ground, but it is about like getting yeah, your, yeah. your hit in. Um, and you're going back and forth with it, and you have like three phases with him. Every time you can get up to there, he will – the first time I don't think anything happens other than your uh, back spike things that damage you if he gets you all the way back there and moves up. But then the mm-hmm. second time you beat him, he loses his one of his arms and just so, sort of like goes berserk on you. Um, yeah, with his, just his hook hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, got the shield out, did a lot of parrying. I'm glad I've got the fully powered – happy magic goddess shield or whatever it's called that that regens mm-hmm. uh because i had no trouble uh the the trouble i had was shaking the nunchuck to parry to parry when when i told it to and it's... letting having it register because it yeah, didn't always right. register and so a lot of the the potion drinking i had to do on this was because of that but yeah, when it worked, it worked. Uh, but we get through all this, and when we beat him, we get a bow and arrow. Finally, classic one. Yeah. Uh, now we can kill everyone. Yes. Now the now the game changes for real. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this kind of ranged ability, we can now take out Bacoblins from a distance very easily. Uh, mm. We don't have to have this sword combat, though. I still have problems if I'm trying to aim really far. I'm just trying to hold my Joy-Con steady, and I'm like, "Just move a bit to the right. What are you doing? Just move, move." Yeah. I'm just trying to like get them, like line it up from a distance, and it just isn't working. That, like, it's still swings the same. Wildly out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It it's it's pretty forgiving as far their hitboxes from a distance are pretty forgiving, but yeah, it is. Yes. Um. But with this, we can now go back to the, the the main area of the boat outside, and we can hit a button over there that opens up the time crystal. Mm-hmm. And this time crystal, when you activate it, it also revives a whole bunch of Bacoplins. A ton of them. Which, this Which is I where use. I have a thematic problem with... Thematic, thematic, whatever. Thematic problem with the entire dungeon <laughs> in that... We just fought this cool robo-pirate captain, and then his whole crew is <laughs> generic enemies. Yep. Like, just generic yeah. bacoblins. Yeah, we don't Not see, like... Not robo-bacoblins. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. no mecha pirates to go along with Captain Mecha Pirate. It's just more... We have archers now. It's just no, the same w- dudes. This game did not spend enough time with character design. Like flat out, like we do not have a enough lot of variety. Zelda games haven't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's enemy fair. design. That's fair, yeah. I and you know what? I, yeah, and I hear a lot of people make that thing about Breath of the Wild, and I'm just like, man, like 21st century Zelda games do not have a varied amount of enemy types. No, I mean, yeah, a game like Elden Ring was crazy with how many different characters you have in there and that really like stood out Mm. while Mm. this game yeah we have like five there's like five types of enemies that we fight and like one of them i would even is just running through elden ring like Um... (laughs) there's so many amazingly good things in that game but anyway we do go through here we have to Take on you can I mean 
you do have to take on a lot of these at first. We do come back a couple times in this dungeon to this area, and after yeah. I cleared them all out the first time, they respawned, and I was like, they I'm did. not doing this again. Yes, like, you I are. run past <laughs> every single one of you. No, I ran this past is the them. Most time... I was like, I'm not fighting you. This is the most time you have to spend above deck, and there's like 12 guys out here. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, when you kill them all the first time, it helps. It's it's only annoying when you come back to the above deck, because you don't really have to crisscross back and forth a bunch anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do, you're out there because you're lost and you don't know what you're doing, yep. which I understand. I did yep. that, too. But yeah, for the most part, kill them the first time. You'll be okay. On well, it's hand, dumb. You get so many monster horns. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, do Maybe. you? Maybe uh, I just yeah. I did. <laughs> I, I wonder if there's if there's like an RNG that's different in each game, like they did with uh, the DS games, right? Where like I have a bunch of tumbleweeds, Tegan. No, it's <laughs> so, my beloved. Right, and you were like, and then you're talking about we got all these monster horns. I'm like, I don't have like any monster horns. Yeah, but monster horns about? drop. Yeah, yeah, all you just got, you just got to keep killing the guys on the monster ship. And why are you guys so many monster horns? <laughs> just take out your frustration of being lost in the ship every time you have to go below deck on every single monster you see. You're going to have a yeah. ton of monster parts. <laughs> and and I've I've gotten to the point now where I do not pull the whip out anymore. I've been disappointed no, too many times. No. Like I thought, I thought I thought I would be able to steal more parts, but no. Mm-hmm. I thought so too. I did miss that from Wind Waker. That was perfect in Wind Waker. I think the Wind Waker grappling hook animation is also satisfying. Yeah. As opposed to. Yeah. As opposed to the whip. Well, you don't just do that yourself. Oh, yeah. You're playing with button controls. (laughs) You would have to do that yourself with the Wiimote or something to get him to look like that. (laughs) Right. It's it's not nearly as satisfying as as uh, Evil Betty. So what I loved about this here, though, is that when we turn the crystal back on, no, it is kind of dub. You'd hit this crystal to turn it on, and then as soon as you do that, one of the butt cobblins at the top hits the switch to turn, like close it up. So like it's like, active, hey. but he puts a shield over it immediately. Yeah, and if that's you our don't, next objective, is, yeah. is getting that removed. <laughs> If you don't do that, you're going to waste time because we go back into the ship and there are a couple rooms in here that this I loved. I literally was just like, oh, this is so cool. I love this so much. The cool thing that happens is that you get into a room and you see sunlight coming through this vent. When you look up, you can see the crystal outside and you can fire an arrow from it to make everything turn old again to get rid of the electric electricity stuff off of there and i was just like this is smart with this we're going to be going through this dungeon and we are going to be having to go back and forth with the time crystal a couple times we can do it in the room there's a few of the times that we do need to like get to a certain point where we've done all we can with the like let's say past version of it and Mm -hmm. then we need to go back all the way up again and make it all dusty and old again and then go through it one more time uh now that we have uh, a bow and arrow there are this this is other things that i liked there are switches and other rooms that you have to look through holes in them and fire mm-hmm. arrows through to hit switches to open up doors in other rooms i just i that's just fun to me i don't mm-hmm. know i just like it bc i do i love the 
I, I did love the fact that they balance between, like you said, changing something in the present or past and then going through like opening a door and then coming back in the past to go through like that door you just opened with, you know, the, the rooms where you can look through the ceiling and shoot the time crystal mm-hmm. through like a, a hole in the deck floor, which as soon as I realized, which I didn't even realize it, like Fee had to tell me, oh, hey, if you look up, you Uh-oh. can look through the ceiling and see the time crystal and hit it. I was like, I'm mad that I didn't figure this out, but I appreciate that they did it. <laughs> yeah, they have the sunlight coming through in certain rooms to try to just let you know there's something there. But again, there, yeah, this is the this is what this game has a big problem with. And it's been an issue with a lot of Zelda games. And it's the thing that I've had in previous episodes on the season is that they do have to just flat out tell you things Mm -hmm. like in the past, you guys have been expertly designing these things to make you like, you know, your eyes get pulled towards something and like Link make you think up. in something. Yeah, there's you know, all these things uh, they've done. Environmental, for them. Re- other than more than just the sunlight coming through. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it is just the color palette in the past, where yeah, everything just looks kind of samey. And because I, I, I forgot again, I know this puzzle. As soon as I remembered and looked <laughs> up, I was like, oh yeah, this was a cool moment the first time I played this game. And now I once hate again, it. <laughs> that, no, no, another cool moment. I'm like, yeah, this yeah. is cool. And then, it, yeah, that was the height of the dungeon for me. <laughs> I mean, Tegan, what what are your your feelings on the? I mean, we know that you have problems with readability in this dungeon. It's so bad. <laughs> um, like Link's initial reactions to stuff are fine. They're very helpful. Good job. But then, yeah, that's all you get. That's all you get. If you miss that initial, if you're like doing something else while yeah. Link's doing something and you miss it, uh-oh, good luck, yeah. you know? Yeah. The, Other, he, you know, I like the art style on this Link, but it's not, he's not as expressive. I don't notice all the time things that he's looking at. Yeah. And like, that's, that's something that I think is like a, a detriment to changing back to this style in particular after like Wind Waker or whatever. But also I feel like they did a better job of increasing Breath of the Wild Link's readability because he'll actually like turn his head to look at stuff. So even if you miss what he's looking at, he still turns to look at it. You don't have to see his face. Yeah. You don't have to worry about like the full reset or whatever. And also like they did a better job, I think of making the rooms in other games more readable than the rooms in here. You know, yeah. Like sometimes you can walk in a room and you go, "Okay, yeah, I get what this is about." Um, but the, a lot of times in this I, one, I'm just like, mm, "Another room in a ship." On the on the first floor or the first basement floor, um, those rooms that you eventually do go into, the doors don't even really seem like doors that can be interacted with. Mm-hmm. Like I eventually went up to one of them and was like, "Can I can I budge this?" But the first time you have to run all the way down through the ship to the bottom. I just ran right past them because they they didn't seem like they, things that were. They felt like set dressing, not like actual yeah. things you could open. Yeah, and yeah. in a lot of other like Zelda games, they would have just been set dressing. <laughs> I think okay again. This is like a weird flashback, but again with Ari, I remember having a complaint in that game that there was a door that looked like 
other doors that you could open on its own. Mm-hmm. You actually had to kill the enemies there. Zelda in the past has had it where you walk through a room, walk through a door into a room, and there's a cutscene where the, the the metal cage comes over it, and then Link looks behind him, and that just tells you you can't leave this room through this door right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's just it. And this they have those, but I believe the design is. No, see the design for it is the same, but it does blend in because it's a it's a black like designed like bar cage thing, mm-hmm. and it's like ornately designed. Yeah, it's it's over a dark brown door, right? <laughs> I don't I don't see it. Yes, if there was and some this sort one... of like light source that made it glint or something, that would that would immediately ease the readability of that. But like, meh. just. Get us the vertical metal bars. We have well, those we do, in this dungeon, too. We do get that here in this dungeon. They also have these, and, and they're things that you could shoot through, but yeah. there's no reason to. And you just see the switch on the other side of the door that when you get around the loop, you'll open that those bars up. So we get both of them. But uh, let's, yeah, let, let's, there, there are issues with this. Um, one of the other aspects of this dungeon is that there is a little boat hanging off the side that mm-hmm. we can make go up and down that this sort of layout was a little confusing at first for me. But once I realized like, okay, I get where I need to be. And I think it's because mm-hmm. I did things out of order at first. If you just go to that boat as soon as you can, like when you get your, when you have your bow and then yeah. you go down there you're not going to be able to do anything with it because like even the door or the 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 window is yes. closed off the porthole if you will yes yes as it is blocked at that point and so you have to go around inside of the boat first to hit a switch that then opens those those ports yeah. and then then you it's, need to go back way, out to the it, front and through there it's a way to toggle the ship switch in the second and third floors below deck. Yeah. It's just a way to get up and around if you if you need to for for at any point. Yeah, again, this is very similar to something like the water dungeon in Ocarina, the the water mm. temple where like you had different levels and you had things to control on it. Again, like I said, this was all the Ocarina dungeons fed into an AI and this is what they made. Uh, this is pretty it, it yeah, you know, <laughs> it it might be the closest we're gonna get to something of that. It it it's not in. St- it's still kind of linear, but it's it's not. But I was hoping they've that all it been was linear. Be, <laughs> I was hoping it would be a little bit more open at first. And when I when we had to go on the mast to to reopen the the shield they put around it, and it was just like go up here, go up here, now go this way, and like you just I was just like man. Ah, I thought I thought I was gonna get more from you, man. I thought I was gonna get more from you, pirate ship. But no. Why? Why would you, Brian? I just don't like we're at. The, we've been doing this for years. I know we're at peak Al Numa like, right now. At... I know. I know where we <laughs> are. All been but linear, man. <laughs> I'm. I'm just hoping they're just taking it away. Just, just, just get a little bit more away from him. You will get your non-linear Zelda in about five months. No, I will get uh, it when Tezuka months, makes a Zelda game again. Or Fujibayashi makes his Zelda game again, but not if Aonuma makes his Zelda game. I mean, I'm talking about Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, I'm I know about, like, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying. Big, I'm just saying. Like, I, 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 my least favorite Zelda director. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> at one point, at one point, 
uh, we do come across the crew, the robot crew. They are in uh, a little caged area at the bottom. Yeah. That once we once we turn the crystal on and can go back in time there, uh, we do find them. They are. I like the way they phrased it. They said there's that glowy blue thing at the door that won't let us through or whatever. They just call it like a glowy thing uh, or shiny. I can't remember how they phrased it on there. Mm. But um, again, this feels very Ocarina Dungeon-y where we we find an NPC down there in a cage and then they tell us to go do a new thing, right? Um, They mark a new thing on our map. The first time I went through here, I didn't realize that... I could interact with these guys. I brute forced this this door that uh, this lock because there's there's four different things you can do. So or you know there's, you have to hit no, it four no, no. times. So there's that there is that door there, but the, the thing first is time around, you can, yes, um, that just that gives you takes you in a room with another key in it. That's yes. all that room. Does. That that's like how we get down to the bottom to get the first key to go back outside. But so yeah, I right. brute forced that door. Because I didn't know how to read the the instructions that were in the the jail cell with them. I was get, I wanted to bring that up. I mean, so so you had an issue reading it. For me, I just immediately realized that they you could count the red uh, pegs on the on the mask. Is that top. what it was? Yes, yeah. and they, they were they were numbered they were colored one two three, one, two, three four. four. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tegan, I mean, did you have any issues with this? No. I'm sure you've you remember this puzzle. Yeah, I remember the this puzzle. Times, I so. remember the puzzle. I just couldn't get the layout down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What every time you were like, Oh right, this room. I know what to do in this room. Yeah, I know what to like, do. I'm here. out of the room. Yeah. Where do I go? <laughs> Where do I go now? And then like the same thing again and again and again for the entire dungeon. <laughs> yeah. So the crew tells us we need to turn the power back on. Uh, in order to to get through this area here, because there are these uh, machines down below that it, when you turn on, they just start moving up and down, and that lets us just like get through there. So they, they don't do seem to power the things. ship; they just seem to power the stuff on the sh- ship. Right, well, the ship is like, starting the engine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, we just didn't put it in gear. Okay, maybe we stopped the yeah. engine when we fired bombs at it. Yeah. Okay. And we need yeah, to return to the dock there. to empty the dustpan. And so we got to yep. reset the whole system. Yeah, right, so right. It needed an update. Back on to let it know that it's done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you cha- you've changed the Wi-Fi password since the last time it, it updated. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as we go through here, we go and turn these things back on. We I did come across a little secret side area where there were like five treasure chests in a row. Did you guys all find these? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's how I got my monster horns. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. <laughs> it was just funny. Like I wanted to record that just back and back to back to back to back to back of just like just keeps going over and over again. There's nothing here. We do when we get all the way through, and we do find the crew. We come through a little back room, and we get a little cutscene of them leaving, but we only see one of them leave. Yes. Um, at least that was on my cutscene. You just see one float by and it goes really slow and it just lingers for a bit. And I'm just like, I know there were more in this room. I looked around. Where did they too. go? Afterward, I was yeah. like, everybody's safe? We cool? This is kind of silly because it's their ship, it's their brig. <laughs> they don't know what the force field is called. 
They did, they know there's a, a secret tunnel, but they don't have like a key taped to the inside just in case. Yeah. It's like you have right. that thing in your mm-hmm. trunk in case somebody locks you in there. You can just well, they stay, pop it open. <laughs> oh God. They stay above deck usually. I mean, like they're not Nico. They're not the Nico in this outfit that has to like hang out down there and <laughs> crawl through all the little tunnels that, that are fun for a Nico to do. But we go through all this, we get our key, which this time it actually kind of looks like thing something. I mean, it looks like a, a, a Picross puzzle version of a squid, but it still looks like something this time. Yeah, um, I guess. And we can uh, take this back up to the, the captain's quarters, uh, and we, we go through all that there. We get the That's the in. spot on your map with a giant flame on it, Tegan. If you can find your way to the captain's <laughs> quarters. <laughs> I do. I I feel for you, Tegan, but I also can't. I don't understand. Like so I just don't. <laughs> it's literally just me going up and down the two sets of stairs and just never making it to the captain's quarters for forty minutes and getting more and more distraught that I can't find the captain's quarters. I can I can it's imagine. It's gotta be this. the cursed copy. I'm telling you, yeah. it's gotta be because, like, I swear <laughs> to God, I went everywhere. I'm just I imagining did everything you playing right. this. <laughs> Why was I cursed? We're gonna rewatch the Twitch vod, and it's actually just you walking in a circle for 20 minutes, sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like the Blair Witch, or the guy's just in the corner. <laughs> God. Oh. I just, I just imagine playing this on one of those old kachunk kachunk TVs that had like the control for contrast and hue and like sharpness and stuff. Like Tegan, mm-hmm. just fiddle with the knobs on the side <laughs> of the TV. <laughs> You're right. There. You'll watch me. It's I, washed out. I rewatched it and I watched myself walk by the door that I needed to go through four <laughs> separate times and being like, "There's nothing here." <laughs> Yeah, I'm just imagining every time you go out into a room, Phi does her whole thing where she's like, let me go ahead and adjust the map for you. And she just like flips it each time. (laughs) Like, is this more convenient for you this time? How about this? You said you love when she goes and makes that adjustment on the map every time we get a new one. I do, and I wish you had done it like at least once. (laughs) Please point me in the correct direction. I am begging you, Phi. That's your only job here. Keep hitting hitting the Phi button to see if there's an option to hold her hand. Just take just just pull me through the dungeon. Where do I go I now? I did talk to Fi a couple <laughs> times. Just like, do you have anything to help me here? Nothing. No, of course not. <laughs> she knows a million things except for what you want to know. Except for which way is out, please. Which way is out? <laughs> so we all eventually did figure it out. Yes. Uh, and we get into the boss room. Now this just threw me off because we get into this boss room. And we get a cutscene mm-hmm. where these tentacles just come blasting through the floor. Oh man! And then, Heck yeah. but then then they go away, and then you're just standing there. And I'm like, "What am I supposed to do in this room right now?" And I literally I... walked in a circle, and I was like, "Where am I supposed to go in this room?" Because the reality is, you're supposed to just turn around and go back it's the way time you to came leave. in. But like it's not clear. I came Get into out, this Samus. place to fight to fight a thing. And no, so, no, 
This is not yeah. this is not the uh, the battlefield for this particular fight. It is time to leave. Your link is it's braver not. than any U.S. Marine. Immediately, you saw the tentacles <laughs> and went, "All right, let's go." And I saw the tentacles and went, "I've seen enough hentai to know where this is going," and left. <laughs> I was. Just I saw like, enough oh. and decided to stay. <laughs> this really comes out of nowhere, though. There, there's no foreshadowing on this. None. Boss. Thematically, yeah, a, a sea monster makes sense, but you kind of you going in, you would think that the the monster at the end was going to be the captain, but that was the mid boss. So it's mm-hmm. like, what are you going to do at the what, end? And yeah. it's like, oh, random squid. How about that? Yeah. Where was Chekhov's Kraken? <laughs> like we needed something you know usually the, the kraken is is like hinted at beforehand mm-hmm. and so yeah. that when There's at the like end of the shadow the, under the boat or like it shudders and all of the crew go oh mm-hmm. the monster is here yeah the crew is like terrified of the kraken or you know we're in kraken waters dude um and yeah nothing so that when it finally shows up at the end you're like you're ready to do this i i still was excited like i ran out of the dungeon like ooh ooh this is this is cool like we've got a thematic thing happening the boat is is breaking around me like i want one of those kinds of scenes it wasn't that awesome though and then the fight ended up kind of being a letdown this fight is- i love the fight really i thought it was yes I thought it was I thought it was really fun. There were more phases than normal. Mm-hmm. Um and like you had to do a number of different things cuz I didn't it's like, like fighting way, a okay. Monsters Inc character. Uh, yeah, no, I want a plush of uh, Tintalis. But um you know, when we first see the uh well not the first time, while we're escaping the boat, we do have the tentacles blocking our way and Fi does jump out and it was just like tutorial time while this boat is like falling into the ocean. Um and she explains to us that we have to do our skyward strike uh, yeah. in order to cut this. So yeah. that was the one part where I'm like, it just felt slow, where I had to keep charging up my sword to do the slash move with it. Yes. Where the whole time I'm running around on the battlefield when we get up to Tintalis, and I'm just like, have my sword up in the air, just running in circles, like, come on, charge. Yeah, you can't charge. stand in one place. You will fun. get annihilated. So you have to no, run you around have to with, your, with your arm up and then like target something near you. Hope that you don't do a vertical slash when you swing. And and then, yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, the, the, the way this plays out is when we get up there, we actually start to fight. Tentalis shows up, uh, Abyssal Leviathan Tentalis. And the way this works is they will go underwater and shoot their tentacles up through the ground, which we're on just like this really interesting particle board looking thing so that I think in the design so that way it'll the tentacles will come up and it looks all splintered but when it goes back down it all sort of falls apart yeah yeah it um, it, it sort of came back together when they went back right. in on the old on my version that it did not like there was no it was like yeah it was basically like mm-hmm. dino damage it was just like this looks normal again <laughs> well no that's how it looked too I'm just saying like even the, the, the floor itself looked like it was a bunch of like uh, particle board or whatever yeah. just like pushed together yeah yeah it very much quickly became like I don't know how this ship is floating mm-hmm. if it's <laughs> built like this <laughs> I'm surprised it's lasted this long uh, but 
uh, it'll go through that. Once you cut enough of its tentacles, it'll show itself again and open its eye. You got to fire an arrow at its eye. Um, and then it'll come like, the crashing down. Mm-hmm. Like the boat rocking up and down while I'm trying to hit it with an arrow was the most mm-hmm. annoying part. My my pulling my arrow bow and arrow out successfully, and not accidentally holding the button down too long and then pulling my net out because that is a constant. I, I was hoping that's, by this that, point that's Skyward Sword, yeah. But I was hoping by this point I would have settled into the controls the way we usually do in one of these Zelda games when we encounter weird old control schemes like all right cameras backwards it's fine eventually i'll get there eventually i i assimilate but i i just can't i cannot get pulling a different item out or pulling a potion out or getting the, the shield out or whatever it always like goes into a menu and i'm, <laughs> I'm whipping something with the whip you know whatever like this is not I- what i want I feel like you can blame the fact that the way that we play these games on the show is that we always end up taking at least a week off in between this stuff. And where if you were playing this game, if you bought this game and you were playing it, you would be playing it like, you know, at least every other day or something like that, right? You would be in the mindset of this. And we end up taking breaks, playing games in between better games, games that are like, you know, games that are designed better in general. And so we go back to this and we're like, right. They have to do these weird things because they chose to make us play with a TV remote for this generation. But that's what I mean. Eventually, I I I settle into it. I reach some sort of equilibrium. I you know I, I assimilate or whatever you want to say. Like I eventually I get it. I have not with this game. It is an outlier. I I I don't think I will ever fully grasp these controls. <laughs> Because it's nice, you can still keep running away from stuff and do everything in your menus if you want to while you're moving around and running away from a bad guy and eating, drinking a potion or whatever. But like, it just it is cumbersome and never as easy as they want you to think it should be. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, with Tentalis, you hit the eye; they fall down. All of their like tentacles will be in the way at first, so you do have to like slash them out a couple out of the way. Uh, in order to like get through underneath, oh, there. I just ran right through. I felt like I was cutting off its dreads, which <laughs> yes yeah, didn't like feel great. No, that that wouldn't. Yeah, no, that wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> no, um, they, they spent years growing those tentacles. Um, so we uh we we do that a few times. It does a different phase where the board that we're on is starting to like fall apart and we need to get out of here uh we also i didn't mention there's also some donkey kong in here mm-hmm. as we were getting out of the boat and then also climbing on these things we have to like dodge barrels that are rolling down i forgot about that yeah. Um, right, yeah so that was interesting the barrel situation was ridiculous because when you're leaving the ship before the boss fight you can get hit with the barrels without being able to see them like you're just turning blind mm-hmm. corners into barrels yeah. mm-hmm. and like when the phase shifts to the second part of the boss fight, there's only one way to get up to the higher level. There's yes. one block that you have one to climb. Barrels yeah. come down that one block. They <laughs> sure do. You have Yeah, I, I got knocked off for sure. God help you if you it run out of stamina. <laughs> 
Uh, the last phase, uh, very similar to the first one, except that Tantalus does like Medusa snake. I was, uh, tentacles I was like, that's what you've got. That's what you've brought to, fires to phase three. Like, this is uh, annoying. This is really bad. <laughs> just these I just, just I thought it was my fun face. just slashing. I just, just brought my sword out I'm and slashing like just crazy. trying to pull my bow and arrow out, man. Like, come on, <laughs> oh, get out of my face. Uh see the thing. I feel like your criticism is still just about the game overall and not about this specific battle. <laughs> no, no, and even with this, like, I'm just like, okay, I swipe those Medusa snake faces away, get my bow and arrow out. Get set. Hey, more Medusa buddies. Here you come. Ha, ha, ha. I'm like, no, just, just fine. I, d- cool. You can do that. I have dealt with them. I put them aside. It is time for the part of the phase where I bring out more Medusa buddies. Ha, ha, ha. I'm like, no. Just... <sighs> <sighs> but we eventually beat them. Uh, and we get access to the next flame. We uh, hit the, the little shrine with our Skyward Slash and... Fi gets the energy, shoots straight up in the air, and comes crashing down where we get a great Link reaction here. I pull out the sword. Um, then she gives, us a new, she gives us a new upgrade to let us douse even more. Woo! Love dousing. I was livid. <laughs> I was like, I was having a great time with this. And your reward, the thing you hate. <laughs> You all saw my reaction because I posted it immediately. But I was yeah. just like, woo, we can douse with the power of the gods. Four <laughs> new dousing spots. Have we had all four filled up at any point? And it was like, you better be bringing some really cool stuff to the table, Fi, because so far I haven't so, even used the four you've given me. What this what this does, we're going to be wrapping up here, but just with the... Because I don't want to be talking... I want to talk no, 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 no. about dowsing as possible, but what this does is will give us... It gives us slots for a permanent dowsing ability that we will get the ev- eventual ability to be able to douse the goddess cubes. We will get the ability That's the to douse for materials. And, like, we'll get... Uh, you just have to talk to the right person, and then Fi's like... Oh, okay. You probably want to douse for that. I'm going to give a permanent thing on here Mm -hmm. now for you to do that. Right. That's actually cool for like completionist stuff, right? Once I got the goddess area, I was like, all right, it's worth it, I guess. Because that will let us (laughs) get a bunch more money, possibly get some more heart pieces. Like there's, there, there's uses for that. It's made the dowsing like this is, if this is what dowsing was, period. Like we just unlocked this ability here, okay. I'd be fine with it if if Fi was not constantly saying, "Hey, you should douse, you should douse, you should douse." It would just be so. It would. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. just so annoying. It's so annoying. It's like this part I should be fine with because it's actually useful. And I'm like, yes. But they don't give it to you immediately. No. They just say, anyway. "Aren't you excited?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> not quite yet." <laughs> we're gonna wrap up here for our next episode we're gonna get to the entrance of the next dungeon uh it isn't a hundred percent clear that you're at the entrance of the next dungeon but once you fill up this froggy face on the wall full of water and make them all happy you know you've made it to the end of the episode so do that 
Go fly around. Go help some people. Keep keep Make sure keep the, the faith. Big froggy face. Yeah, the big there's, froggy face. The biggest not froggy. His, froggy. Not his two little froggy friends before. No. But the we big want frog fractions three. Yes, you want the third one. Do that. Yes. Keep Find the faith. We are in the darkest part of the game right now, apparently. So keep the faith. <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully, we'll see you next time on Chat of the Wild. That's my line. <laughs> <laughs>